0: Hey there to you all listening, and welcome to the Friendship News Hour presented to you by Bummer Dude Media. Today is October the 11th, 2022. My name's Frank. His name is Alex. I
1: had to send you an
0: email about a half hour ago. Who uses a Ymail
1: account? (laughs) Man, I have had my Ymail account since high school, my friend. They might have even done it before Gmail, I'm not going to lie, but Ymail yahoo you know it was on to something they figured it out but it to this day haunts me I, i've used it for too many things to like get rid of it now i feel like uh but every time i send it to somebody they're like i have to basically say yes and yes it's ymail
0: yeah i always feel like I'm, I'm sending it to a like
1: a wrong email well you know like i like to be difficult frank how was your columbus day how did you celebrate? Uh, Columbus Day was pretty nothing. I didn't do anything. Indigenous People Day actually, I think is what it's referred to these days, Frank. I think, isn't it? Because Columbus Day was kind of perceived as as uh, like giving too much credit or gusto to what many people perceive as uh, not a good person. So I think they did change it to Indigenous People Day or it's like a, a dual named holiday, I guess.
0: Ironically, it's also Revisionist History Day, so. Is it really? It's a weird coincidence. No, I, that was a, that was. A joke. <laughs> what do you know? I we so we we actually have have uh, uh, interviewed somebody who who wrote on Columbus. So we know a little bit about Columbus's history, uh, mm-hmm. and I don't I don't care to talk about that too much. But what do you know about the origins, the actual origins origins of Columbus Day? Oh, none, little to none. So I found this out yesterday. That was really interesting. Worth sharing. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the, uh, late 1800s, nine Italian men were accused of murdering a sheriff in New Orleans and they were put on trial and they were acquitted, but, uh, them being acquitted wasn't satisfactory to the people of New Orleans. And so they lynched a bunch of these Italian men. Oh. And, uh, this is a, a excerpt from the New York times of the day. These sneaking and cowardly Sicilians, the descendants of bandits and assassins who have transported to this country the lawless passions, the cutthroat practices and the oath-bound societies of their native country, are to us a pest without mitigation. Our own rattlesnakes are as good as citizens as they. Lynch law was the only course open to the people of New Orleans.
1: Oh damn. Oh damn. Yeah.
0: So the president at the time, President Harrison, declared a one-time national celebration of Italian heritage, uh, hoping to placate Italian-Americans and repair relations with Italy. They called it Columbus Day. During World War II, 50 years later, Franklin Delano Roosevelt labeled Italian-Americans enemy aliens and, much like the Japanese, interned them. uh, To quell the outrage over their treatment, uh, FDR reversed his decision and declared Columbus Day A national holiday. The purpose of making Columbus Day an official holiday was to virtue signal to a marginalized population while continuing to marginalize them. Renaming it Indigenous Peoples Day does the exact same thing, according to Spike Cohen on Twitter. The fact that Republican and Democrat politicians and corporate media want you arguing with each other over whether today is Columbus Day or Indigenous Peoples Day, instead of talking about the harm they're doing, tells you everything you need to know about their motivations. You can't call it Indigenous Peoples Day to focus on the struggles and achievements of natives. They'll say you want to erase American history. You can't call it Columbus Day to celebrate your talent heritage. They'll say you want to celebrate genocide. The hyperbole is the point. They want to set each other's throats. So we don't focus on what they do to all of us. If they actually wanted to help people, they would end crushing inflationary policies and drive people into poverty and destroy their ability to save and invest. This one guy, Spike Cohen says, I've typically called it Columbus Day. I also couldn't care less what you call it. Call it Monday, I don't care. I care about undoing the harm being done by our presumed rulers and ending this perpetual culture war that they lead us by our noses to fight against each other. Well said, Spike Cohen. Hmm. That was really interesting.
1: Yeah, that's a good way to look at it.
0: So who knew? I knew that uh, Italians were not treated the best when they were still immigrants, you know, coming across, much like the Irish but and the Italians were, you know, they weren't Italians. They were, they were uh, Dago's. And guineas and whops. Yeah. That's what uh, it, uh future president, hold on. I find it. One of the future presidents, um, <laughs> I forget his name, um, at the time during this whole thing, when, when, when these Italians got lynched, was a part of this like ceremony to celebrate Italians and try and further better relations between Italians and Americans. And, uh, on that day he wrote in his diary or wrote a letter to his sister saying that he much sided with the people who lynched them and thought that it was, uh, ah, it's Theodore Roosevelt. What do you know? Teddy said that really quote Monday. We dined at the Cameron's various Dago diplomats were president all much wrought up about the lynching of the Italians in new Orleans personally. I think it a rather good thing, and said so.
1: All right, <laughs> all right, Teddy.
0: Oh man, that's the thing, right? Revisionist history. We we love to think that we we would know what to do in those times. Mm-hmm. Theodore Roosevelt. I think we all have a favorable view of Theodore Roosevelt. Not somebody who would look favorably upon the lynchings of Italian Americans.
1: Oh, yeah, I'd say or he's Italian immigrants like in the eyes of American history. Probably like a top five press. Yeah, probably, and here probably. we are. Yeah, here we are. He was. As backwards
0: and bigoted as as anybody of the time, but yeah, I don't Indigenous People's Day, Columbus Day. Yeah, I, don't, I don't think it matters. I think it helps to know the origins of it, right? Uh, it was just uh, kind of a little cookie, right? Here you go, here you go, Italians.
1: Right. Why do we have holidays that are bank holidays only? That like some schools, you know, will also join in on, but then like everyone else is working. Like what? Why? <laughs> I just I don't, don't understand it. Like we get Memorial and Labor Day and these are also bank holidays, but then there's like these certain ones, like I think President's Day, Indigenous People's Day, like that just are only celebrated by a few people. I, I never, never really made sense to me.
0: Yeah. I don't know. Um, I just learned this week cause I bought a, f- a flagpole to fly my Padres flag. Go Padres. It came with an American flag and I looked on the back of this packaging and there are actual flag flying holidays. Hmm. We're like, I guess, if you don't fly your like, maybe you're not supposed to fly your flag every day, and you're only supposed to fly it on these on these holidays. And there's also like recommended days you can fly your flag. Yeah, I don't know. I don't, I don't know why we do that. If you're gonna have a, a, a national holiday, let's make it a national holiday. All right. I want MLK Day off. I don't want a floating holiday. What the fuck? Yeah, it's a little strange. We get President's
1: Day off. Oh, do we get it off? I, yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. I couldn't remember if I did or not. Maybe Pres- I yeah. think everyone gets President's Day off. Memorial Day, in yep. May. Labor Day, July is July Fourth, Juneteenth. Pretty sure Christmas is a is a federal holiday, even though it's like it a is. religious holiday. But it's like it is. That's another weird one, in a way. It is another weird one. Like we don't get Hanukkah off, you know, or right. like uh, Rosh Hashanah, or whatever it is. <laughs> Yom Kippur is last week. We don't celebrate any of that. Yeah, it's strange. It's weird. What it we're strange. also doing though, for the last time in in about a month from now is celebrating well not celebrating but like we we will be falling back for the last time because it now comes to an end after we spring forward this coming spring i saw that today so this will be the last yeah. time you get an extra hour of sleep enjoy it
0: absolutely man really nice i'm very excited about that yeah i feel like we don't need that especially down here especially down here yeah. san diego just just suns suns out i don't need that it was for the farmers we barely this do could any be farming. A dumb
1: question. Does the sun set later where you are, because you are like on the edge of what the horizon would be, or is the horizon like the same based on just your location anywhere? Does that make sense?
0: Yeah. Yeah. I hear what you're saying. I don't think it has to do with like the distance between like me here in Southern California and you in Chicago. I think it has everything to do with like the latitude, longitude of where we're at because the earth doesn't rotate on like a perfect axis, right? Like it Mm -hmm. kind of changes. So it's all a little bit different.
1: Okay, because I'm like, yeah, at 7, if sunset here is 7.20 and I take a picture, will your picture at 7.20 or is your sunset even at 7, you know, on, at the same time every day? It'll be similar, but I don't know that it will be exact. Well, this is just weird science that we're trying to get through. What about some news?
0: Um, How about it? Let's start with some fun stuff. The Washington Post did a little bit of a, a data collection mm-hmm. on the most common restaurant cuisine in every state which I okay. thought was
1: really interesting. We talking like anything, fast food restaurants.
0: Yeah. So um, if we're looking at, so they, they did, a, they did a weird one, like, like a, like a correlation between the number of chain restaurants in a city and who voted for Donald Trump and who voted for Joe Biden. Cause it's okay. the Washington post. Why not make it yeah. uh, politically divisive? You know, <laughs> we're going to be here anyway. Um, so, If you had to guess, what is the state with the most chain restaurants? And a chain is with at least 50 outlets as a share of all restaurants.
1: I know Ohio has been known, like Toledo is like a fast food testing city, but, Mm -hmm. and they do have pretty good spreads. My guess is either going to be California or Ohio. California, you say? Just because California is so big. So I would think that they'd have a lot of different chains in there and they have quite a few bigger cities with San Fran LA and you guys doesn't crack the top 10 California. Really? Okay. Uh, New yeah. York's gotta be up there just cause all the people, they probably got doesn't a lot crack of the top chains. 10 is Ohio oh, around there. So, so think
0: of chain restaurants like uh, Applebee's, right? Applebee's has more than 50 outlets as a share of all their restaurants, right? So they have more than 50. Yeah. Right. Right. But think of think of chain restaurants. The, the two that come in my head, man, now then would be Ohio and Florida. Florida, surprisingly, also doesn't crack the top 10. Number one is Kentucky. 46% of their Restaurants are chain restaurants. Hmm. Uh, West Virginia, Alabama, Indiana, Kansas, Arkansas, Mississippi, Ohio, Oklahoma, and Tennessee. The chain restaurant capital of the country is Anniston, Alabama, home to Talladega Speedway. Nearly three in five restaurants there are chains. Ohio makes sense, right? They're, they're 39% of their restaurants are chain restaurants. So yeah. I remember driving through Toledo and that's all it is, is Burger King, McDonald's, Taco Bell, Wendy's,
1: back in the day, Fazoli's, KFC, <laughs> yeah, that's it. And I thought, huh, that's really interesting. But so wait, how did that correlate to voting? Like Trump fans eat McDonald's or something? <laughs> I want to know.
0: I mean, kind of, like, not really, but kind of, right? Um, uh, the top ten metro areas that that have uh, the most share of chain restaurants: uh, Anniston, Alabama; Huntington, West Virginia. Kentucky, Ohio, tri state area, Beckley, West Virginia, Farmington, New Mexico, Parkersburg, West Virginia, Morristown, Tennessee, Albany, Georgia, Elizabethtown, Kentucky, Warner Robbins, Georgia, Muncie, Indiana, Pine Bluff, Arkansas, all went to Trump. But there's exceptions. The, one of the, they call it, quote, chainiest cities in the country is Walford, Maryland, which Biden won with 71% of the vote. So it's not saying like you go into a McDonald's, you come out with the red hat. (laughs) It's just saying that like looking through it, that the most urbanized areas with the most chain restaurants almost exclusively went to, went to Trump. And I'm looking here at the map of California and all along the coast, it's all blue. And these are all areas that have the least amount of chain restaurants. Which makes sense, right? Like little boutique places and okay, so that's one off,
1: two off. Do you think it's like Republicans as a people are 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 more simple in the way that they don't need all these options and these like bougie restaurants and like cool sushi burritos and all this weird shit. Like they just want what they know, you know, you know, meat and potatoes for lack of a better word, but just like good old the standards and more like liberal people in general want that experience when they go out or want something new or something that maybe other people can't get in their neck of the woods you know like do you think there's any part of that 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 is yeah i
0: hesitate to make like the correlation between like a a liberal person or conservative person with any of these areas i think that along the coasts and and in bigger metropolitan areas Mm -hmm. you get a much larger like condensation of population right so it's much denser population and just by virtue, you're going to have more creativity. You're going to have more money. True. And you're going to have more opportunity to create new things. Mm-hmm. Right? Whereas if you're in a place like Toledo, Ohio, up until very recently, it's, it does, it's not a place that like, fosters a ton of creativity, especially when it comes to like culinary creativity. Plus, like, what is a place like Muncie, Indiana, or Worcester, Ohio, or you know any of these kind of remote places in, in the Midwest? What are they known for? Like, They don't have anything new or exciting you grow fucking yeah. corn you know what right. I mean like they don't right. have th- that kind of stuff to work with I'm looking at this map here hold on let me share it with you because it's kind of interesting you can see the uh, that it like correlates almost directly with like what you would imagine the states to look like so here's the map look at all along the coast it's all this deep blue and that's the share of restaurants in each area that are that are chains right all along the coast it's like 20% or less 20% or less everywhere Minneapolis right here, Detroit, Chicago up here, Detroit right here, Cleveland, Columbus, Atlanta, Houston, Austin, Dallas, Phoenix, San Diego, Los Angeles, San Francisco Bay area, Denver, all of them super deep red, Portland, Oregon, Seattle, Washington. Yeah. And then little tiny pockets here. It looks like St. Louis, little blue, but then all of the red, you see, it's like littered all in the middle of the country.
1: Yeah. Right. Huh? That's yeah. So interesting. pretty wild. You want to see another cool map? Very related to what we're talking about here. Check out this bad boy. This is the most popular fast food restaurant in every state. I saw this map before. Didn't really realize how big Chick-fil-A's dick was. Look how much of the country's most popular fast food restaurant is Chick-fil-A. Honestly, probably half of the states.
0: Usually I don't believe these maps because they're just kind of wonky and weird. Um, what is California is? I can't read. Is it in and out
1: in and out? Yep. In and out is basically California, Nevada. What's the state under Nevada? Is that New Mexico? That's Arizona and Utah, Arizona, Utah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So those, those four are all in and out. And then basically McDonald's runs the Northeast, uh, and and into Michigan. Chick-fil-A is everything from Pennsylvania down to Florida, over to Texas and up all the way to Minnesota. McDonald's ekes in again, kind of in those, that Wyoming, uh, Idaho kind of area. What is oh. Illinois? Illinois is Chick-fil-A. And then Culver's is uh, Wisconsin. They're the only one that's Wisconsin.
0: Oh, that's Wisconsin. Okay.
1: Yep. And then the two I've never heard of uh, in Washington and, and Oregon are Dick's in Washington and Burgerville in Oregon. I've never had either of those. Never heard of those either. Yeah. What, what is, is Alaska? Uh, Alaska is, it's a Z. I don't know what that is. Uh, let me see. It's probably, it's on this list. Alaska is, no oh, Chick-fil-A. <laughs> I don't it know why. It says Chick-fil-A, yeah. Yeah, I don't know what that logo is, but damn, um, pretty wild, man! I never Chick-fil-A's realized Chick Fil A was doing what they're doing. Yeah, and what? Oh, Wendy's, Shit, Wendy's sense, got sense one. Best. <laughs> Wendy's one in one state. I wonder. Yeah, New Jersey. That's the only one. Damn, that's wild. I'd, I'd like to see the this list ten years ago. Yeah, right. For real.
0: Um The more you know. Another one of those lists is crazy. Is uh like the the list of S and P five hundred companies from like ten years ago. Mm. You
1: ever seen those lists? No, I haven't. Like, what? which companies um, were, like, kicking ass in 10, 15 years ago?
0: Yeah. Every time I see one of those lists, it's, like, some ridiculous number of companies that are still there. Like, oh, really? Like, less than 10%.
1: Wow. Damn.
0: When I say ridiculous number, I mean, like, yeah, like, like not doing great.
1: Yeah. Eps and um, flows. I, yeah, I would have to imagine Apple has probably been pretty strong on that list right? for years. Uh, Microsoft, right? probably. Yeah, I think yeah.
0: when I saw it last time, it was because I don't even know that Apple would be in the S and P 500 ten years ago yeah, or 100. So. Um, maybe 15 years ago, I'm thinking of like 2004, okay. 2005. Yeah, I think the only one was Exxon, Mobil, and I don't know. There was one other, but it was like two, two in like the top 20 that still remained. Hmm. Which kind of goes to show you, right? Like, you just, you never know. Shit changes all the time. Like, that fast food list. I I guarantee you Wendy's had, like, at least 10 more states 10 years ago.
1: Right. Yep. You know? Well, once they lost Um, Dave Thomas, they kind of lost their way, you know? (laughs) That's what happens.
0: (laughs) So, I came across a Reddit thread the other day. And uh, I thought it was interesting. You're a good person to ask because you're a man. Thank you. What would you say is the
1: biggest disadvantage of being a man? Well, in today's world, being a white male is as hard as it gets, Frank. Oh, I'd say. The biggest disadvantage of being a man. That's a good question. Um, Probably in today's world, I feel like, it, okay, in the year 2022, I feel like it's almost encouraged to not be a man in the things mm-hmm. that have traditionally made up a man. So I feel like it's in today's world, it's like, it's kind of hard to be what we've been genetically programmed to be because of what we need to like be as far as political norms go and like social norms go today. So I, I don't know if that's an answer to your question or a political answer to it, but
0: I don't know that there's any right answer. Um, there's, it's not like ranked or anything. It's just a bunch of people kind of expressing what they think is a disadvantage of being a guy. I think you hear a lot of the time, uh, that it's a really big advantage to be a guy. And that's true in so many cases, but in so many cases, it's not one thing. I was having a conversation with somebody the other day about, Being a father, especially a father to a newborn Mm -hmm. and how the connection to a newborn kind of has to wait until the kid is a little bit older, a little bit more aware of what the surroundings are and what's going on because his mother's is, is his source of life. Right. So it's like, you have to be there, you have to be supportive, you have to be the dad, even though you don't get to reap immediate benefits of that. That was the first thing that came to mind, just because obviously that's, you know, where my mind is right now. But some of these uh, answers were were really telling. The the number one answer above all was something to do with being thought of as a creep, right? Uh, oh, okay. One yeah. one, guy's, one guy's answer was that he was a really large dude. He has a daughter. And so he goes to the like the park whatever for his daughter to play and people think that he's a creep right he's a big dude his kid is somewhere on the playground so he's just sitting on the outskirts of the playground just like looking at the playground and people immediately think this guy is a creeper
1: Wearing a trench coat, get away from my kid. What's you,
0: How's he dressed? <laughs> I, I don't think he says. He, he said uh, hanging around playgrounds while she plays is a fun experience. Or Chuck E. Cheese, the non-existent invitations to play groups. Oh, and let's not forget the school calling non-custodial doesn't care to see her daughter more than every couple of months. Mother first about I don't know what that means. Uh, but a lot of a lot of guys chimed in saying that when they go to pick up their kid from school, the school immediately calls the mom. Really. Wow. Immediately. Yeah. And they're like, I get it, but it gets old after a while. You know, I don't want to be assumed that like, I'm here to kidnap my kid. I'm here to pick up my kid. Like leave me alone. Yeah. Some people were saying that, um, as like a stay at home dad, there's no like daddy and me groups as they're like mommy, mommy and me groups, there's not like a ton of support for stay-at-home dads. And it's like, makes it really lonely and hard to make friends. And people make like really condescending comments like, Oh, he changes diapers, like kind of thing, you know? And mm. you know, he's on like dance dad duty. So he's going to like all these dance classes and you know, he's just, there's never, never any of like the camaraderie that comes with parenting, like as a, as a mom
1: versus like a dad doing all the traditional mom things that's kind of just like men and women though i feel like women are about the the gaggle if you will like they're they like to i was reading an article the other day it said like how women at a very young age like like to be in groups and and Mm -hmm. and like fraternize and talk feelings and and do all this stuff that like would make sense that okay they're gonna go and set up a facebook group to you know mommy and me and meet up at a park every week or whatever the fuck like that's more in their dna than for guys to do that most of the time, like I'm sure. sure there are guys that want to do that, but so maybe that's just more a result of that. I, I don't know. I, for us, it's like, I'd be down to go golf with our kids or do like some activity with our kids or Boy Scouts or something like that. But wouldn't think that as many men would, would feel lonely not being with other men hanging out with their kids. I I don't know. Mm. Maybe, yeah. I'm, maybe I'm yeah, crazy could be. there.
0: No, I don't think so. Um, but I, I just think that like it, it's set up that way too, you mm. know? Yeah, where there's that uh, like groundwork, the framework of motherly fraternization, right? Because typically it's the mom who's home, who's taking care of the kids that has to set up play dates or whatever with other kids. to you know, get the moms together. I just feel like that's kind of how it's set up. There's a lot of comments about uh, the amount of hair a dude has huge disadvantage and where it grows huge disadvantage. I agree with that. Very
1: true. Yep. And men lose their hair a lot more often, you know, like yep. once they get older yep. as well. So like you have a lot more balding That's men a big and, one. and like self-confidence mm-hmm. issues where that gets lacking. Yep. Um, definitely. Yeah, definitely. That could be a big one. Do you think like sex drive in men could ever be perceived as a disadvantage? Well, maybe. The creeper thing you said, like it's rooted in like what we're made to do. Like what in our DNA to be here is to reproduce, you know, procreate, you know? So it's like, that drive in us obviously there's women with high sex drives but like most men I would say have that you know it's 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 ingrained in you so like that that can be a disadvantage too I would say you know a little bit just like that that probably does bleed into our personalities more than any of us would like to admit
0: there's a few there's a few responses that uh, that, that say that the like the, the lack of understanding of how to approach a woman that would lead into a awkward interaction. And then the labeling of being a creeper is like a stigma that you can't like wash off, especially like if you're in school, like high school or something where you're around the same people all day, every day for years on end. And that like, you know, some guys are just not taught how to approach women. They just don't have that ability or they don't have that. They've never had that uh, explained to them by a, a male who knows better, an older guy who knows better. And so they're going at it all, all the wrong way, but they don't know any better. So they go and, you know, make it super awkward and try, you know, the last thing they want to be thought of is as, as a creep. I know, I know when I was in my adolescence and definitely lacking in confidence, I, uh, one of the things that I feared more than anything was being labeled a creep. Like, I didn't want to be a creeper. Like, I didn't want to be somebody who was known for doing, like, weird things with women. Like, like how 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 terrible would that be? Um, but then if that's your only thought, then it will disincentivize you to actually approach women in any sort of healthy way, leading to repressed feelings and, you know, just a whole bunch of other, like, really, really bad stuff.
1: I would imagine today, too, in, in like, today's landscape of that for kids, it's even a whole nother level of clusterfuck because now you have most kids that have cell phones and social media and it's like think about you at age i mean i guess i don't exactly know how you were but like pubescent pre-pubescent boys or guys that are just like starting like all that like think about like talking to girls on snapchat and all that shit like all the Mm. weird levels to that that ways it could go and how actually that phone barrier you know gives people makes you a little more brazen where maybe you're saying some shit you wouldn't say in person or you know it's fucking up your actual like in-person skills because you live on your phone now in this alter ego that is your fingers typing like it's just so it's so weird to think about i think about that a lot yeah it is weird to think about man especially if like that's
0: your only like re- reprieve you know like you, you can only talk to to women through through text because you can so carefully curate what you're going to say
1: and you're not going to fuck right. up and you're not going to say the wrong thing. Yeah, um, man, that's got to fuck with your actual in-person psyche, you know?
0: <laughs> yeah. There's a couple here about, uh, uh, being, um, being abused in a relationship, um, and how it's like almost never taken seriously. I don't know how that, I don't know if that's true across the board. Um, but like this person, you got w- any depths change in that. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> the incel hero. I oh, had yeah, divorce. Fuck, dude. Yeah. Divorce, being a man that's... and getting divorced, that's the worst. I had to watch that firsthand. That shit is the worst, dude. Yeah. I don't care how much of a piece of shit he is, they mm-hmm.
1: fuck the guy over big time. Yep. Dads always lose. That, honestly, that's probably the best one right there. Because also, I think so too. Even just, I would just say paternal rights would probably be like a broad way to say it. Because even uh, for a woman who gets pregnant, if she wants to have an abortion or not, it's really not up to the man at all. You know, obviously her choice, her body, all that things. But like at that point, like then the guy also is then f- if she decides to keep it, is forced to then you know parent or pay for the next eighteen years, and they have zero say in in that whole yeah. thing. I've, I've, I've always thought like a woman should have her choice in that regard. But if if the man is against it, and there's some like legal way to to make that stick or whatever, that like hey, I'm just so it's known to the court or whatever, I'm against this. That should factor into child support payments from there on forward because it's not a, a mutual thing in that regard. Like the woman can do whatever she wants, keeps the baby, her body, her choice, everything. But like the guy just gets cast aside. In most divorces, the, the mom pretty much always can have her way unless she's like a drug addict or something like very, very crazy to the point where maybe the dad has a, a say. But parental rights would be a huge male disadvantage.
0: Yeah. And and I, th- th- that's something that has come up here a couple of times. Um, and it goes on the other shoe, right? Like if, if somebody gets pregnant and like the woman doesn't want to keep it, but the, the guy's like not necessarily against keeping the kid, right? No, say no rights to, to any of that either. But again, right. It's the woman carrying the kid. So, so ultimately it's, it's, it's up to her, but yeah, like not having a say sucks, Mm -hmm. not having, uh, any,
1: I mean, I guess you have like influence within the relationship, but like legally, sorry. That's really interesting to think about. Like on the surface, I thought kind of a broad thing, but like, as you get into it, there are so many to look at. I mean, but then if we did a list of advantages, that'd be a, a healthy list too.
0: No, I'm sure it is. And like, uh, certainly not throwing a pity party for, for men. Cause real men don't want pity parties.
1: Yeah. There you go. And I would say not bleeding monthly is a pretty good compromise on a lot of that stuff too. Dude, that's that'd worth be, it that'd all. That'd be hard to deal with, dude. I couldn't that's even imagine. worth add. everything. Like, not only are you bleeding, all your emotions and all your other shit is all fucked up because of hormones. Like, I would not handle that well. <laughs> I already know I wouldn't. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, manual
0: labor is a disadvantage to being a man. Like they do most of that.
1: Yeah, but the ability to do so is an advantage because we're like a stronger sex you know like we're, we're yeah, like the, but not
0: all of us like what about what yeah, about like
1: yeah.
0: what about like what you know there's this i think there's plenty of men out there that have gotten the short end of the genetic stick you know what i mean <laughs> yeah and yeah. and that's that that sucks but like then think about being that guy and then think about the the image of a man right
1: you think of, a, of a strong of man you i think of you when i think yeah, of
0: well you should <laughs> dictionary definition um but you know what i mean like you think of that and then, yeah. and then you're that guy and you how, how do you not feel inferior if you're like a short mm. dude or like a like a not so good looking dude or whatever like how do you find your way in the world when you're not this You know, and i'm sure that that affects guys the same as affects girls with a with an unhealthy image of what a girl's supposed to be and a guy too not that not that like society puts that up there's plenty of of fat, ugly dudes who have gotten ridiculously successful and have not had to worry about, um, you know, finding a partner. But, uh, yeah. as I'm, as I'm going through this, uh, the, the most common response has to do with like either sexuality or approaching the other sex. And I think that's telling, right? Isn't that, I, I, that, that to me that makes, that makes sense, especially with the way that, uh, I feel like guys are categorized in that regard right like how are how are guys categorized when when they're when it when the topic is approaching women or talking to women or or trying to woo the opposite sex it's usually negative it's usually thought of as like uh guys are creeps or guys are trying to get in, just get in your pants and they have one thing on their mind this, that and the other uh so it sounds like that message is well received within guys <laughs> and that yeah. there's a, and there's a struggle with it
1: you know but also I think that that's like a, a perceived reality based on us probably being pigs for back of like lack of a better word for years and years and years. And that mass, that toxic masculinity like spilling into the way that we've, you know, always approached women for years and years. Like even back to like the medieval times when it was just like, you will be mine tonight. You will lay with me. You know, it's, and it, yeah. It's well, like, you don't
0: have to go that far, man. You don't have to go yeah. that far at all. I yeah. was watching a, uh, a movie with Jacqueline the other night called the luckiest girl alive I think with Mila mm-hmm. Kunis
1: oh I saw that on Netflix. Netflix. yeah is it good
0: dude surprisingly really good movie I'm she loves to put on just pure garbage rom-com and like Netflix can churn out some garbage man like some really really shitty content and so she put it on and I was like I ah, whatever it's probably another one of these and it actually wasn't it was about uh, uh, without giving away the entire plot it was about a, a woman who's a journalist who had survived a school shooting, but the kids who were shooting up the school actually kind of did it on her behalf. Like she didn't tell them to, but like they felt inspired to, I guess you, it, you'd have to watch a movie to, to fully understand it, but they depict rape so graphically. And when I'm saying graphically, I'm not saying like it was like graphic, because of the images that were shown, it was graphic in like the way it went down and you can put yourself in that situation. And you're like, Holy shit, dude. Like I have yeah. been at a party that looked exactly like this with women who have looked exactly like this. And this is what happened. And this is, you know, probably what has happened at parties that I've been to or whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and the depiction of it was just so vivid to where like, I feel like anybody of our generation who's ever been to a house party would be like, oh dude, like, whoa, like that's, that's crazy. So yeah, you don't have to, I don't think you have to go back 50 years to, to find terrible, terrible examples of that. Um, Mm. and like I said, this is not a a pity party on men at all. There's, there's certainly, uh, there's certainly areas of improvement for sure. But, but, but also, you know, I, I think, uh, I think it's, it's healthy to, uh, allow men to, at, at some point, or at the very least, just interesting to to hear the different viewpoints of, of what a man thinks a disadvantage of being a man yeah. is, because that's never really the narrative, right? Which is fine. Sure. But just some interesting thing about, right? Like, are there disadvantages to being tall? You
1: bet. Being tall is overrated. Sure, yeah. It sucks. Everybody hates you at a concert
0: until you're short, and then you're like, eh, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, right. Maybe being yeah. tall is not that bad.
1: Yeah. The grass is always greener, perhaps. I don't know. But while we're talking men, and Netflix I and just fucked up things that's kind of, as soon as you were kind of start talking about rape there it popped in my head so have you watched Dahmer yet on Netflix I have no interest dude it I can't recommend it highly enough it's so fucking good it's so creepy and tense and and just disgusting and well acted and shot and I love everything about it dude Evan Peters is so disturbing in that show it, it's unbelievable and the ryan murphy like the guy who did all of american horror story that, that's like his baby he he's like the main producer on this show but dude it uh, just gives you like the heebie-jeebies when you're watching it that someone like this evil existed and it it shows when he got caught, it's, it, sh- it kind of like flashes here and there back and forth. But It's like when he got caught from his early childhood into his, you know, teenage years and all through his life. And then it looks like now it, like, I haven't finished it yet, but it's like getting into the the trial more and his interviews with the police and a fucked up, fucked up man, dude. <laughs> yeah. Um,
0: I don't, I don't, uh, I, I, I know the stories. I know what he did. Uh, I have no interest uh, in, in seeing it uh, illuminated on the screen. I'm totally fine with the, Imagination. Yeah. Do you not want to glorify like the ax and the man? Or? Uh, no, I don't know. You know what? Actually, as far as serial killers go, he's one of the more interesting ones because he's very self-aware. Yeah. He mm-hmm. knew what he was doing. I mean, I think all people who, who act that way know that they're doing bad, but like he knew, he knew immediately. But uh, one, of, one of his quotes, as, as soon as he got caught was, I deserve to die for what I've done. And um, in jail, he attempted to find God and his, family stuck by his side and, and just, you know, uh, uh, somewhat of a remorseful guy. So I I, I think his story is interesting and, and I, I don't really care that they made a documentary about it. I just don't care
1: to consume that. Not even documentary though. Full on docu-series. It's docu-series. It's, uh... Excuse me.
0: Yeah. Because then it's like dramatic representations of it. It's like, mm, fuck, do I need to see yeah. somebody like getting raped and then chopped? I don't think I need to see that
1: and then eaten some of Do the I? families are, I don't know. Do are I? <laughs> pretty pissed I, I mean i would i suggest that i think it's like a well-done show i think if, if you like like kind of horror suspenseful kind of things like that
0: oh fuck you're always gonna run into that right like the family's being upset especially if they're oh, yeah. if they're yeah if they're still around and somebody's depicting their <laughs> their gruesome
1: death he yeah for sure he he describes it in the show as like and i think that was just based off interviews and shit he did while being recorded after he got arrested, but as like an urge that he had throughout his life and he was able to like squelch it sometimes, but then sometimes it just came back. And, and like during the times in his life when he was like a heavy drinker, it would just be, you know, open season. And and he had no control over this urge. And it may, it just made me think of like that. Do you think in any way is like in maybe even just like the tiniest bit in everybody, or do you think there are like, are truly just really fucked up individuals like this that, you know, I, obviously, like, he is a drastic example of how bad it could be. But, like, do you think just, like, that primal whatever the fuck that is is in everybody or, or select fucked up few? No, I think it's in everybody. You think so? That's what I said. and I, I Yeah. A lot of people disagree. No, it's, it is. I, I don't know how you could disagree. <sighs> because, like, I've never how, actually how, thought how of killing tell? or eating somebody. You know, like, he would, like, Until you do. <laughs> right yeah i get and then no, but
0: i'm serious until you do right like
1: yeah, yeah like
0: you think you're you think you're not capable of that or you think you won't do that or you think it's not in you
1: mm-hmm. but you just you just don't know because you've lived in disrespect a very sheltered life his first kill was an accident and I, I i'm just curious like do you think that awakened whatever that beast or you know is whatever that is in his dna or were these thoughts of like oh, i would love to fucking just like bash someone over the fucking head. You know, it was like, was that in well, his like, head? I, I, I did read that he was, as a kid,
0: um, like he would like kill animals and like store their bones
1: and do weird experiments on them and things like that. His dad and him would pick up roadkill and they would dissect it together. Like some of this is on his right. dad a little bit too, man. But.
0: Well, right. But like you could, you could, ima- you could imagine that going down and, and, and just being like, hey, I'm going to teach my kid at a young age what, you know, what life is so that there's like a, I don't know what the benefit of that would be. I would never want to do that with my kid, but like yeah, I, I could see how he would want to like make that educational or whatever. But when you're a kid, you're, you don't have the faculties, right? So like you you just, you just are curious. So the idea of what it is to be a human or to be a life, I'm sure dissipated for him very quickly. And he felt the emotions, the love and all that, this that, and the other, but I, I, I t- t- to me, it sounds like, the the dehumanization or the the your ability to decouple what it means to be alive and that what it means to be uh, just a being just flesh and bone just the de- the de- 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 that separation just dissolved and I and I think that's what it takes right in order to kill somebody you have to dehumanize them unless you're so evil and it doesn't like can you can you put evil on this guy like is he evil or is he deranged and acting out like you said urges and maybe there's a maybe there's a a a sense of evil or like a backdrop of evil but i don't know that he was doing this to hurt people he was doing it selfishly for his own pleasure
1: yeah maybe that's it, evil i don't know and it was definitely pleasure based man cuz he would he would kill people but then like lay with their bodies and hold them and right. kiss them and like love them and then like to the point where he'd save you know certain body parts or heads or whatever. He'd eat certain parts. It's just like, dude, definitely a screw loose. Like, I don't think that degree of what he was is in everybody, but yeah, it just, like you're saying, it's just, when it happens, like, would you think in most people's heads, like maybe something clicks or like guys that go to the army, bro. Like, like we see people that go into the military and serve and go overseas and start killing people. Like that's gotta awaken something in you that wasn't there before. They have to do the same thing a serial killer does and disconnect from like what a human life is. I feel like. To do the thing well, that's they what they did. It's what they train them for. You yeah. dehumanize
0: the enemy so that you can kill them. Mm-hmm. You can't kill you. You can't kill somebody who's the same as you. They have to be different or bad or evil or, you know, or some justification for you taking their life. And that's how you get fucked up doing it because there is really no justification for it. If they're in the same, they're in the same machine that, that you got swept up in, but you happen to be on the winning side. Well, congratulations, but, um, no, dude, yeah. yeah, that's in everybody. That's like mm. the age old question. Like, are we are we born good or bad? Right. I think I think we're born neutral and ten times out of ten we'll be bad if we're not if we're not nurtured or we're not fostered in a way that produces positivity. Yeah. Because how could you not? You you would divulge into the most primal instincts
1: of your being and we all know what those are. Not good. Yeah. Especially if you act on them. So worth worth a little, if you, you've got nothing else to watch and you want to be creeped out, <sighs> put it on. <laughs> I don't know, man. It's just not my it's not my cup of tea. I don't like the I don't like the
0: uh, I could do I could do. You know what I really like was was Mindhunter.
1: Oh, oh, great show! Fuck yeah. You like it from that side? Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: yeah. I'm more interested in the person that did it and why they did it than the actual crimes themselves.
1: Yeah, right. That show got canceled. That's some bullshit, bro. Because that was a great show. Agreed. All
0: right, I got one more story for you, mm-hmm. and then we'll get the hell out of here. We actually covered this not too long ago. I don't know when, but we did. Uh, and it was California's bullet train. Remember this? Yes. Yep. You remember talking about this? hmm So, backstory, I think 2001-ish, late 1990s, early 2000s, California had this big, beautiful, grand idea to build a bullet train that would connect Los Angeles to San Francisco. And uh, it was always going to be a challenge, but then things just went completely sideways. And the New York Times actually has a really, really good write up of how this kind of, pardon the pun, went off the rails. Um, And it kind of all started with this politician. It was a, a high level city council member in Los Angeles, go figure, that said that they needed to divert the rail path from going down the what's called the grapevine in california down the i-5 freeway down the central valley and into los angeles and then bring it around into the mojave desert so if you can imagine you're going straight line down mm-hmm. but if you needed to divert it at the end you have to take it around and then in and then out here i'll show you a picture mm, actually strange can you see this Yes. Okay. So if you see this line here, this dark line, this is the phase one of this pro- of this project. And you see there's a stop in San Francisco. There's a stop at the airport into San Jose in Gilroy, California, garlic capital of the world. And then it goes down like this. And if you see here, you see this five? Yeah. That's interstate five freeway, right? And this goes down the central portion of California, which is known as the grapevine. And this is where all, all the farming happens and it's kind of desolate part of California. And then it goes into Bakersfield here where you could see that they've taken this not on the five freeway, but they've taken it around into like the foothills of the, the upper Sierras into Madera and Fresno and Kings County where nobody fucking lives into Bakersfield and then down into Palmdale. Palmdale is like northern L.A. area. Very desolate. And Palmdale. This, you know it. Come back to me. <laughs> it's correct. It's a shithole, dude. Um, And this LA council member whose uh, uh, jurisdiction was Palmdale said it needs to be rerouted here. And whatever pool he had, he was able to get that done. So you can see instead of going from Bakersfield to LA, straight line down, or instead of going from San Jose on the five and going all the way down to LA, like it should have, it took this giant reroute here Hmm. and in the process costed uh, California taxpayers millions of dollars. Yeah. Um, And guess how many miles of rail have been built,
1: Al? Mm, I don't know the state of California like that. I'm going to say 120,000 miles. The answer is zero. (laughs) Oh, really? Zero miles of of rail have been built
0: since this project has been enacted. Uh, A review of hundreds of pages of documents, engineering reports, meeting transcripts, and interviews with dozens of key political leaders show that the detour through the Mojave Desert was part of a string of decisions that in hindsight have seriously impeded the state's ability to deliver on its promise to create a new way of transporting people in an era of climate change. Uh, I remember when this happened, uh, my, my grandma was, and is I guess still, uh, takes in a lot of uh, conservative media and they were mm-hmm. talking about this this will never work, this will never work. And I'm like, yeah, fuck these guys. What do they know? Uh, apparently they knew it a lot. Uh, formal, former investor, Uh, who who worked on this project by the name of Michael Tenenbaum says, I was totally naive when I took the job. I spent my time and didn't succeed. I realized the system didn't work. I just wasn't smart enough. I don't know how they can build it now. Um, Dan Richard, the longest serving rail chairman said, starting the project with an early goal of linking LA to San Francisco was a strategic mistake. An initial line between LA and San Diego would have made more sense. Um, Yeah. And so listen to this. Uh, there was a company headed by a guy named Dan McNamara and, uh, they were going to work on this project and they worked on it for many years and they pulled out in 2011. And this guy, Dan McNamara said, there were so many things that went wrong. Uh, they were very angry. They told the state that they were leaving for North Africa, which was less politically dysfunctional. They went to Morocco and helped them build a rail system. Morocco's bullet train started service in 2018. (laughs) Wow. Morocco, North Africa, dude. Mo- North Africa is less corrupt and less dysfunctional than California is. That's is crazy. How about right? that shit, man? Yeah. Yeah, dude, it's insane. Um, so the goal was to take passengers from LA to San Francisco or from San Francisco to LA in two hours and 40 minutes. If you were to take a car that route, that, that distance, it'd probably take you about six hours without traffic. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's trying to cut it in half. And it didn't do anything. It did nothing, right? Yeah. I'm on a call today with a customer trying to convince them that uh, they need to spend a million dollars to put in EV charging and the government will give them 800,000 of that back, right? That's the, that's, that's the deal the government has made to this infrastructure bill. You put in, you, you put in this infrastructure and cost you roughly a million dollars, we'll pay for 80% of it. Um, how do I, in good faith, sell this to a customer when I have a story like this, yeah, that right. is still coming up. About you know what I mean? Like I kind of feel like a, a sleazeball right now, because mm-hmm. I'm using the government as my backing when there are very clear cut examples of of terrible corruption and uh, th- this has to be at some untold billions of dollars. They have to go to somebody. They're being spent somewhere. Somebody's
1: getting that money. So that's the money for this rail that that's been put aside. Thirty three
0: billion. Thirty three billion.
1: Okay, and it's just billion, ready to go. And we built nothing. It. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Wow. Rail authority said it has accelerated the pace of construction on a, on a starter system, but at the current spending rate of $1.8 million a day, mm. according to the projections widely used by engineers and project managers, the train could not be completed in this century.
1: Holy shit. Fuck me, man. Wow, dude. <laughs> See, I, to me, it would have made way more sense to just go Sacramento to San Francisco Go right to go right to maybe San Jose, but otherwise go right to L.A. Then San Diego. Like just hit the big cities. Fuck all these like these people in Bakersfield and all this other shit. Like fuck them. They can drive or you know whatever else. It's not that far. But like why why do you need to hit a bullet train? Should be super fucking quick. Like you should be able to get from San Francisco to L.A. in like I, I would guess like maybe like an hour and a half if you're not making all these bullshit stops and going up into the mountains. If it's just. Straight line, or you know, something like that. Like, it would, it would just, it would be what it's supposed to be a bullet and it would go right there.
0: Yeah. I think you'd want it to connect to places like San Jose, the
1: airport, maybe in San Francisco. But, like, why, why, why the airport in San Francisco? Like, why don't you, you go to San Francisco, then you take an Uber to the airport, or you know what I mean? Like, why, why have one extra stop where you're, you're slowing it down? Well, because you you
0: have people with all kinds of different interests and it's not, you know, it's never, it's never like a, hey, let's make, the most economical decision for this really grand project. Right. It's always like, how do I get my grimy fingers on this $33 million? Yeah. Right. And I feel and like that's
1: what it is. That's your guys's lack of public transportation that I've perceived going out West compared to what I see in Chicago and on the East coast and in multiple cities is, is going to fuck this up even more because you know, that's if true. there is a way from, you know, downtown San Francisco to easily get to the airport, You don't need to make the airport a stop on a bullet train that's designed to be a quick trip to way the fuck down south. You know, like that's those are two different things they're trying to make one.
0: Yeah. Well, it's San Francisco is a terrible example because it's such a unique city. The airport has to be where it's at in San Francisco. There's like you can't fit an airport in San Francisco. It just doesn't exist. San Francisco is seven miles by seven miles. Is it more by Oakland? I don't even know where the airport is. No, it's 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 in South San Francisco. Okay. So it's south of the city itself. So San Francisco proper has 700,000 people. It's way smaller than people think. Mm. Seven by seven square, all hills on the bay. It's beautiful, but there's no room for any of that kind of stuff. And the public transportation in San Francisco actually is not terrible. The BART gets you anywhere basically in the Bay Area. The Bay Area has got it pretty dialed in. Oh, that's um, cool. LA is yeah. trash. It's a joke. No, it's worst. San Diego is terrible too. Like we have the trolley. You know who rides a trolley? Who? The homeless. Uh That's who rides a trolley. Yeah. It sucks. It's the worst. Yeah. I wish we did, man. I wish we had the foresight to, to think of like really, really cool public transportation. And we just, we just didn't. And so long as the current regime in California stands, dude, none of this shit gets done. It's such a drag.
1: Yep. Who would be next in line if Newsom goes and becomes the president or tries to be? Is there like a popular liberal person that would go next? Uh, Maybe Garcetti,
0: the mayor of LA. I don't know. I really don't know. Yeah, I don't I don't uh there's a couple pretty prominent republicans that tried to run against them and they've gained more ground than any republican in recent history has but I mean
1: you guys also have probably lost know. a lot of republican voters though to Texas and other states like most of the people I'd have to I guess guess that an eighth or, or no I don't want to say a fourth of your voters have left but a lot of people have fled no, California not that many.
0: Yeah, I mean it doesn't really matter. The, the the state's the state's gone, man. I don't know. It, it's going to take a, a monumental effort to get back what we had. It's it's so corrupt. It's there's so much shit, and it's it's really really truly. And I'll, I'll get off this, but it, it has everything to do with environmentalists. Dully, they they wield the the most power in California. Okay. Nothing like, for example, this bullet train. Mm-hmm. Nothing can get approved in any section if it doesn't pass the environmentalist first. Uh, and they all get their say and they all
1: get their money. Yeah, because that's what I was going to say thinking about why you would say a state like maybe California is gone or unsavable. Is it just a prime example of what happens when you let government get too involved in every aspect of everything? And I, I mean, I guess you're saying environmental is like the, the main and the focus one, but like wouldn't you say that they're kind of like hyper-involved in a lot of other areas too with like a lot of public, or, you know, like a lot of systems they've, you guys have tried to put in place or does it mainly all revolve around environmental Things
0: well, environmental is the worst offender, but it's it's just it's the attitude that you need to be that you need to take into consideration everybody and everything for every decision. Right, right. It's everybody wanting their hand in the pot instead of making it for all people. You have to make it for like every individual person kind of thing. Right, like the same the same kind of thing that would motivate you to uh, declare what stolen indigenous land you happen to stand on before you make a speech or some shit like that right like you have to acknowledge all of the little intricacies of what what it is that you're doing and who it's affecting and why it's affecting them and it bogs down the
1: entire the entire system would you say that california government is more involved in the lives of its citizens than you would find in a uh, texas or ohio or you know anywhere in florida you think like day to day they're more involved in what you're doing and and you know what your your surroundings
0: i would say indirectly they are and they're more directly involved in in like in like businesses and operations of the state Mm -hmm. and that's that's what slows everything down that's what makes everything more expensive um is that you have a heavy-handed government telling you know because if you're an individual you don't you know you don't give a fuck about a, a labor law Right. Right. But you do give a fuck about a labor law if it happens to directly correlate with the increase of your you know, number seven cheeseburger meal. But that's the thing we don't get that. That's we don't get that. That correlation is exactly what is causing high prices and homelessness and inflation and all, all the all of the terrible things that are going on in the state right now are because of a heavy handed government and, and what they are and are not allowing businesses to do. And that's, yeah. all, that's all that it comes down to. If you, if you go to a state where you said like, oh, we're more free here. Well, you're not necessarily more free in any other state than you are in California. In Texas, you can hold a gun without a license, right? California, you absolutely can't. So in that respect, they have a lot more to do in our personal lives. But in Texas, you can go around, go eat. You can go to the bar. You do whatever you want. You can do the same shit, but they don't have uh, uh, income tax and they're much more friendly to businesses. Fast track permits, get things done sooner. Right. You don't have to worry about all the environmental laws, you have to worry about what this lobby says and what that lobby says and what this new law is telling you can do. You have to hire a consultant for this and you have to make sure that you're not, you know, pissing off this one agency and this agency doesn't like what this agency does and your inspector is going to come and there's some fucking douchebag right out of college and they're going by the book on everything. So if you don't have your shoes tied and they're in the right direction, they're going to call you on it and they won't permit your your application because your shoes weren't tied right and you think i'm being hyperbole but but i'm not it's like literally that that granular of, of how we get down into things hmm. um and and all of that just adds up to this big giant huge fucking ship that's so hard to turn and that, that's why people get so frustrated with california they want to leave because it it just it's just adding on piling on piling on piling on piling on until too much it's it, it, if you're a business owner god i couldn't imagine i couldn't imagine being a gas station owner in california The the california air resources board just said that they won't sell any new cars uh, that have a combustion engine in, in in 10 years so what am i going to do all of this work that i've done that i would hopefully pass down generation generationally to my kids now i have to figure out something else and i don't know anything else all i've ever done was run a gas station
1: they're pretty yeah. good yeah they're pretty much forced to start working with people like you and, and adapt to that new, you know, electric vehicle kind of world. Like, you really don't have a choice.
0: Yeah, and then you know what the number one question I get asked? Hmm. How's the grid
1: going to handle it?
0: Uh How the fuck do I know? Yeah,
1: right. <laughs> That's so true. I can't say that, but how, how do it? I know? Yeah. I don't know. Mm-hmm.
0: You know, and I can give them a, a nice rah-rah answer that, you know, um that the time is, uh, has shown us that technology is going to advance and there's no stopping this. And you know, the challenges that, that come forth, we'll, we're going to have to tackle head on because we have no other option and it's coming and uh, this, that, and the other, but, but that doesn't give anybody any reassurance. Yeah. Not when, not when the wind blows too hard and they don't have power.
1: Yeah. That sounds know. like a shit show, man. i moved move to Illinois where everything's perfect.
0: <sighs> i tell you one thing. There's one <laughs> fact that remains unchanged through the corruption and that, that is winter is dreadful. <laughs>
1: Very you know? true, very true, man. I'm getting to the end of my golf days. I went golfing this past weekend in an outing, and it was fucking like high 30s, low 40s, and it's just miserable. I'm like, fuck. I have a tee time
0: for Tory South on November the 2nd. It will be beautiful. No, How sure do I know?
1: Because it, it I know it'll be beautiful.
0: <laughs> you know oh, what I mean? Shit. Can't yep. put
1: a price on that. We should get out of here, man. Your, your wife could go into labor at any second. She might be in labor now. <sighs> yep. You don't even know. You're just here talking to me.
0: It's time. It's time well spent. I say. Yeah, that's
1: good. Well, are you are you nervous? You feeling good about everything? You're good, you 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 ready? I feel great. You guys good?
0: Uh, yeah, sure. Why not? Bring it on. <laughs> fuck yeah. Man, fuck we need, yes. neither of
1: us know what we're doing, so let's, hey. let's, let's let's do it together. That's right. I I don't know. Maybe do I need to line up someone for next week? Or you think you're going to be uh, ready to podcast right away? I hope so. Yeah. I hope it's not. I hope not talking to you next week It's still waiting on a kid yeah. fuck. <laughs> no, I'm saying like, are you going to have your hands full? Should we? Try to read, you know, throw a line out there to the friendship news hour talent pool. Yeah, probably it's gonna be it's gonna be full here in this uh, where to household. Yeah,
0: as it should so, be. It, as it, it should it, be. It, yeah, if you want to come on, let us know, man. Uh, any anybody,
1: let us know. I'd love to hear from you. Yep, hell yeah. Uh, shout out to our sponsor, Gun Barrel Coffee. They got all the brews and things you could ever want. Type in the code FNH10. You'll save ten percent at checkout when you buy the products at gunbarrelcoffee.com. Damn good coffee. Damn good cause. Gun Barrel Coffee fucks with the boys uh where can they find our things frank uh, uh well we're on a live
0: stream right now so if you're listening to that that's pretty cool um you can send us an email at uh gmail.com instagram tiktok at friendship news hour and uh twitter at friendship nh if you're not doing anything al on uh, march 11th next year mm-hmm. you should come to san diego and we can watch the kickoff of the blink 182 reunion tour in Tijuana Mexico
1: oh really I did see they're getting back together man I think story so far is on that tour too actually which I would, I would Tom,
0: to go Tom, uh, it's a uh, turnstile rise against story so far and wallows
1: yeah that's not that, that
0: looks kicking like kicking it off in Tijuana man
1: I'm down that's a hell of a place to start a tour they're from like LA right like or California San Diego they are oh, San wow. Diego and they they're picking Poway. TJ over you guys to start their tour huh
0: that's yeah, cool. they're going. Um, they're going Tijuana, and then maybe Lima, Peru, Buenos Aires, Argentina, Santiago, Chile, Bogota, Colombia, Sao Paulo, Brazil, Mexico City, Monterey, and then they they kick off the American leg of it in St. Paul, Minnesota.
1: Okay. Did you just see they uh, announced the when uh, we were young festival for next year? You remember that festival that had all those fucking bands on it?
0: Yeah, I saw it. The lineups, uh, the lineups, ass.
1: This newer lineup's not as good as last year's was, nah. No. no. But I great. did see. I don't know if you're a fan of them, but you like the band Something Corporate? Nope. No, uh, I don't know. Big fan. No, you know, you know uh, Jack's Mannequin. Yes. Andrew McMahon. It was his band yes. before Something, uh, before Jack's Mannequin. Uh, something Corporate. From your area, from like just a little bit north, of you uh, up towards LA, but. Right on. Uh, they're on here, which makes me think that a reunion tour is coming this year, which I'm very excited. So, but all right, so we, we should get out of here, man. Good luck with everything. I uh, hope it goes well. If you need anything, you give Papa Al a call. Thanks, brother. I'm here for you. And uh, all right. we'll see all of you guys next week. I see you on the other side.